Welcome back to Cobbler's Gulch. Episode 3, Lilt Blossoms, or the most horrible thing to happen to Hazel Peachwood since the day her parents vanished. So once Hazel leaves Three Fingers Tavern, she still has this ghostly feeling. The one she got after Wooden Wolf Monfort looked down at her. But she manages to shake it off soon as she gets back to the orphanage and delivers news of Bully Van Pelt's acceptance of Madame Drax's proposal for an evening about town. Ooh la la! Va 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 Of course, it was a reluctant acceptance of Madame Drax's proposal, but Hazel leaves out the reluctant part. And Madame Drax immediately begins to primp and preen and prepare. If you're curious about Madame Drax's beauty routine, well, just know there's a lot of shaving involved. Madame Drax has unusually long and particularly coarse hair in odd places. The backs of her knees, the canals of her ears, and the knuckles of her toes. After running the straight razor over the better part of her body, Madame Drax fills a clawfoot tub with aftershave and takes a bath in it. My thighs get pretty spicy. As you might imagine, Madame Drax's boudoir and the practices therein are no place for children. Scatter, you little crib lizards. Even Madame Drax knows this. Beat it! Scram! So she excuses the orphans from the rest of their daily chores. Skedaddle! Go play on a rickety bridge! The boys invite Hazel, as they always do, to join them for the day off. Most of them will spend their time exploring the margins of Cobbler's Gulch, each boy daring the last to go further, to summon monsters, to prove he's more than just an orphan, more than someone who's just misplaced, overlooked, or forgotten. How about it, Hazel? Do you fancy a day out? Oi, some fun adventure. Come off, Hazel. Wait, off, off, on, off, on. Oh, come on, Hazel. You know, it will be more fun with you than without. Please, Hazel. Please. Pretty please. No, no thank you. No thank you is always Hazel's reply, because she prefers one place and one place only. The bridge of the spinning woman. If you haven't heard, the bridge is where her parents vanished. She's never crossed the bridge, never dared so much as to place a toe on its ornate planks. But on the cobbler's gulch side of the bridge, there's this rolling meadow of lilt blossoms. Picture the biggest draft horse you can imagine. (laughs) Now imagine you're riding that draft horse and you're galloping toward the bridge. It would take you about 12 gallops to get to the bridge. And once you've passed it, another 12 gallops. That's how big the meadow is. If you've never seen a lilt blossom, they're kind of like dandelions. Both dandelions and lilt blossoms are modest in size, and the petals are prone to being whisked away by a gentle breeze or a puff of air. 
The difference is in the flourish. When you blow on a lilt blossom, it emits an iridescent glow. Its petals like fireflies frolicking through the air. And they also have the wishing in common. But the lilt blossom requires a little extra effort. You have to preface the wish with a little rhyme, a sort of incantation. Pluck the lilt blossom from its bed and blow the seeds from its head. But make a wish before you do, and if there's hope, it will come true. Everyone in Cobbler's Gulch knows this little rhyme. They know it the way they know the Cobbler's Gulch motto. Moxie, pluck, and grit. Moxie, pluck, and grit. you'd better have a whole lot of it. And not one of them could tell you when they first heard it. It's just one of those things that's always been on the tip of your tongue for as long as you can remember. But for Hazel, the rhyme of the lilt blossoms is different. She tells herself that her parents whispered it in her ear when she was just a baby. She can hear their voices in the ears of her mind. Pluck the lilt blossom from its bed and blow the seeds from its head. But make a wish before you She believes they told her this rhyme to give her hope, to make her believe they'd be back for her someday. And Hazel has been personally responsible for liberating about a billion heads of lilt blossoms from their stems. Pluck the lilt blossom from its bed and blow the seeds Pluck the from its head. From its bed. Pluck the lilt blossom from its bed and blow the seeds from its head. Before you do, and if there's hope, it will come true. But make a wish before you do, and if there's hope. It will come true. It will come true. And her wishes, her one wish, wished a billion times actually, in a billion different ways, that her parents return, that they unvanish, that they be found, that they be brought back from the dead, has never come true. It's never, ever, 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 ever even come close to coming true. Even still, After all these unanswered wishes, she has hope that it will come true. She returns faithfully on her days off and lays in the meadow and makes her wishes. Just her and a couple of goats who've lost their way, a nanny and her billy. If nothing else, it's a lovely place to spend time, to nap, to dream. In fact, it's here where Hazel dreams of a unicorn. The same dream over and over over again. Hazel's never seen a unicorn before. She doesn't know anyone who's seen one. She's not even sure if there are actually unicorns in Cobbler's Gulch, or anywhere in the Whisperlands for that matter. But there is one in her dreams, and she enjoys the unicorn when it visits her there, always in the same place, keeping a safe distance from Hazel, sure, but there, always there. It's also here in the Lilt Blossoms that Hazel wonders a great many things. What if I wasn't an orphan? What if my parents had never vanished? What if there had never been an age of gloom? What if I was What if my parents What if? What if? What if? What if? What if? She also wonders if she was with her parents when they vanished. Because if it is true, then she does have some sort of history in this place. A story all her own, with definitive yeses and nos, and that makes her somebody. More than just one of Madame Drax's orphans. And she takes solace in that. Well, usually I do. But that solace runs dry on this day. Because when she crests the hill that leads to the meadow, she sees something that she's never, 
seen before. Or rather, she doesn't see what she's seen every single time before this one. The Lilt Blossoms. They've vanished. Every single one of them. Actually, all of them but one. Hazel wouldn't even have noticed the last surviving Lilt Blossom if the goats hadn't been bleeding their waddles off. At first, Hazel cozies up to the goats to grieve alongside them, because, like her, they're upset by this Lilt Blossom enigma. And you may not know this if you haven't been around a lot of goats, but goats are especially useful when it comes to consoling, since they seem to enjoy rubbing their heads against an arm or a hip. They're fantastic nuzzlers. Fantastic enough that Hazel nearly overlooks the effervescent glow of the last Lilt Blossom. She nudges the goats aside, drops to her knees, and picks the last blossom. The sound of the stem snapping chills her blood, and she immediately wonders if she's made a grave mistake. But no. She shakes off that silly thought. The only mistake would be to ignore the pillaging, to swallow the lump of loneliness that's making it hard to breathe. She has precious little to sing and smile about as it is, so her mind makes itself up quicker than a sword fight in a bathtub. She commits to find out who or what villain is behind this nightmare, and to get that person, or thing, to bring the field back to bloom. For a moment, she considers making a wish and putting the last blossom to good use. Pluck the little blossom. No, not yet. But she thinks better of it. Might need this wish a little later. So she tucks it in her pocket, which is about the time she hears the screams. No! Hattie Edgewater's hysterical voice shouting hurly-burly this and hurly-burly that. The bellows and balls carrying all the way from town. Something has happened. And by the sound of it, something dreadful. Thanks for listening. On the next episode of Cobbler's Gulch, Rolo Riddlehope and the Scrimshanks. Until then, here's a fun fact about goblins. They have thick skulls. Pound for pound, I'd say they have the thickest skulls of any creature in, around, or beyond Cobbler's Gulch. So they don't really need to protect their big, dumb heads. And they also have skin that's like stale beef jerky. So protecting their skin isn't much of a priority. But you, you're not a goblin. You don't have a thick head or beef jerky-like skin. So you might want to put something on your head or around your body. If that's the case, this Friday... Go to cobblersgulch.com and click on Cobbler's Gulch Spoils and Loot. You might find a beanie or a hat or a sweatshirt or a onesie that fits you just right. Something that keeps you warm and lets everyone know there's nothing goblin-y, goblin-esque, goblinoid, goblin-like, or goblinogical about you. You wouldn't want anyone to get the wrong idea. Trust me on that one.